Amen. I hope you guys came this morning for a good word, because a good word is what you're going to get. We're going to continue on last week's message. As we talked about last week, that Paul was going to go to Rome to face trial, but he went through this terrible storm for two weeks. And during these two weeks, as they were going through this storm, they were finally shipwrecked. And the Bible even mentions that Paul talks about this in other chapters of the Bible, that he was actually drifting after the shipwreck for over three days, which is interesting. So Paul, for three days, was drifting with all the other sailors. They finally made it to the island of Malta. Now here's the problem. God told Paul that he was going to go to Rome, but now he's in a completely unexpected place called Malta, with no way to get to Rome. So if you're here today and you feel like in your life you're in unexpected places, you feel like there's a time in your life where you haven't even arrived and, and there's still things missing and it doesn't feel like God is finishing what he's done in your life. If you're in a place of confusion and you're tired and you're going through a lot and stress, Today's message is really going to bring enlightenment. It's really going to bring hope to you because it's going to teach us a powerful phrase that every believer needs to know. Here's the phrase. I'm still standing. Come on, say that with me. I'm still standing. Because God in His grace, is going to allow you to go through terrible times in your life. But here's the hope that we have as believers. We're standing. I want to go to Acts chapter 28, beginning at verse 1. Let's continue this story, verse 1 through 10. And let's look at what happens to Paul while he's on this island. <clears throat> the Word of God says, Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta, the people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold. It was rainy. So they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hands. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hands and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But notice verse 5, but Paul shook the snake into the fire. He shook it off. Everyone say that with me. He shook it off. Come on, wake up your neighbor, hit them, say, hey, shake it off. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was gone. And near the shore were he landed with an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island, 
he welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days that it happened that Publius' father was ill with a fever. Paul went in and prayed for him and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. And as a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you will use this word to bring hope to our lives and to the lives of those that anyone here today is wondering, what are you doing, Lord? And why are you not doing more? And for anyone that's going through trials and loss and fear, may today's word bring us such an encouragement Father, such healing into our emotions that we are never the same again. And I pray, Father, humbly that you would use me to preach your word. In Jesus, we pray this in your name. God's church said, amen. Let's get ready for this word. Come on, give God some praise for a good word you're about to receive. As we stand, as we sit down now and get ready for this word, I want to just give you the context of what's happening here. But Paul has been shipwrecked. And he's been drifting, and he's finally landed to shore. Now put yourself in his place. You've gone through this storm for two weeks. You're hungry, you're tired, you're irritable, you're cold. You finally made it to this deserted island. You have no idea where you're at. You have no idea what God is doing. You have no idea if you're going to make it or survive. But here's the thing. As he goes into this island, and he lands on this island, there are these villagers there that welcome him, the Bible says, with a fire. And Paul begins to gather sticks so that the fire can get hotter, which is meaning to us that Paul is just hungry, he's tired, and he's cold. And Paul looks at this fire as a way of just getting comfort, as a way of just taking a break and resting. And when I read this, it really spoke to me because I often find myself in my life, and even maybe you can relate to this, but sometimes you just want a little break, amen? You just want a little rest, a little comfort, something, anything. He knows that this fire is not going to fix his problems. The fire is not going to get him off the island. The fire is not going to do a single thing but give him a little bit of rest and comfort. And when I read that, I said, amen, Brother Paul. Sometimes in my life, I just want a little break, a little rest, a little comfort. Amen. And now we see Paul, like us. He's tired sometimes. His life gets you tired. He's wrecked. Literally, he's been wrecked by the storms. Like maybe you feel like you've been wrecked by the storms in your life. And Paul's been drifting and floating and just trying to survive. And you see how many people, I don't know about you, but let me just tell you that it feels like since COVID up to now, the whole world, especially our country, has been on a state of survival. We're just trying to survive and we're trying to make it and we're trying to get by and surviving to next month, to next month. Last year, New Year's, I thought we wouldn't even survive this year, but I stand here today looking back to this whole year and realize that God is good and we made it. We're still here. We're still standing. We're still strong. But you feel like that sometimes. 
that you're just trying to survive and you're trying to make it. Now look, Paul is tired. But he says, oh, well, at least I can, I can have a little fire and sit down and this is nice, this is good, let me just rest. I just need a break. And as he's warming up by the fire, I imagine Paul, he's saying, thank you, Lord. Jesus, I thank you. Because you got me through the storm. You got me, Lord. And I'm on this island. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what's going to happen. But Lord, I thank you for keeping me warm. Ah! And a snake bites him. Paul's probably thinking, as the snake's hanging, really, God? Really? You couldn't even give me a fire? You couldn't even let me rest for a few minutes to catch my breath? Does it ever feel like that in your life, that you're going from one problem to another, from one trial to another, and just when you think there's a break coming, just when you think that everything's going to get all right, you have more problems, more stress, more people need you, the phone rings, you're tired, the door knocks, and you can never get a break in life. And you're wondering, what is God doing? Why is he making my life so hard? Can I get a witness this morning? You say, Pastor, I'm feeling like a snake is biting me right now. Show me your hands right now. All right. That's what Paul is feeling. He can't get a break in life. He's stressed. He's tired. He's gone through a storm. He's been in prison. He's about to face trial in Rome, but he's not even sure if he's going to even make it to Rome because right now there's a snake on his arm, and it's not just any snake. This snake, is, the Bible says, was venomous. It was poisonous. So he's thinking now, am I going to make it? I can't believe I survived the storm. I can't believe I survived the ocean. I can't believe I survived not drowning and I'm going to die. I've been in prison. I've been beaten. I've been stoned. I've been just struggling. I've gone through everything. And you mean to tell me, God, my destiny ends with a snake? A snake bite. You can't get a break. One problem after another. Can't get a break. Church, how many of you will believe me if I told you? It only gets worse for Paul. It did. Look at verse 4. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand. And said to each other, a murderer, no doubt, Though he escaped the sea, he got out of that problem. Justice will not permit him to arrest. The first thing I want to tell you, church, is with the snake bite, it was unusual. And here's why. When a snake, a venomous snake, strikes, they're not like constricting snakes. Constricting snakes use them, their body to wrap around you. They hold on to you tight to kill you. But a venomous snake will strike 
and release. Strike and back off. But notice that this snake, venomous snake, strikes him. But he's not letting go. He's holding on. And this is unusual for a snake's behavior. And I want to tell you this morning, church, that when you experience unusual attacks in your life, where it seems like everything's going wrong and, and you can't get a break and, and you feel like you try one thing and it fails and, and you're trying and it's just unusual what you're going through. I want to just first and foremost encourage you to tell you that the unusual attacks in a believer's life are usually an indication that God is up to something good. That God is up to something great. And we don't always see it. We don't always believe it. We're not always going to feel that. But unusual attacks in your life are an indication that God is working. And He's working something out that you're not going to understand. It tells me that sometimes the snakes in my life are not the devil. We always blame the devil. And why am I, oh, the devil, you got to pray for me, Pastor. The devil's attacking me. The devil's real. The devil doesn't let me go. But this had nothing to do with the devil. Had this been somehow of a demonic attack, it would have said it. But the Bible says that this snake held on to him. Unusual. And it was an indication that God was working. And I want to tell someone here this morning, it may feel unusual what you're going through and so unexpected, but you still serve a God that's in control. You still serve a God that commands the animals in this world. And God commanded that snake to bite Paul. Seems unfair. Seems kind of mean. But that snake bite and that snake that's holding on to Paul, and I'll show you in the end, would actually be a blessing. A blessing that God would use to get him out of that island. And when you're going through trials and you're going through pain, you tend to look at God and say, why God? You tend to say, God, this isn't right. This isn't fair. Where are you, God? You even say, Lord, get the devil off me. But believe me when I tell you through this passage, God will use unforeseen circumstances to be a blessing to get you to where he needs you to be. And notice Paul's attitude. He's not discouraged. He's not afraid. He's not even questioning God. He is silent because as believers, when we go through trials and storms and snake bites, sometimes the greatest thing you can do as a believer is say nothing but trust God. And notice this, church. He's wrecked. He's bit. Church, if I told you it gets worse, would you believe me? Mom says, yeah. Because it does. Go back to verse 4. Snakes hanging on him. The people of the island 
saw it hanging from his hands. I wish the Bible would have said the people of the island saw it hanging and came and rushed and helped them and ripped the snake off and someone out of boldness stuck the venom out of him and someone came to help him and they wrapped him up in bandages and they helped him heal and they prevented it. They were there, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says as this snake was hanging, the people that saw it hanging Notice their attitude. They said to each other, ah, murderer. No doubt, for sure, murderer. And yeah, he escaped the sea, and yeah, he survived the shipwreck, but you know why this is happening? You know why that snake is biting him? You know why he's about to die? Because God is just, and he's punished. Church, when I read that, I got mad. Because they see him hurting. But they don't run out to help. Instead, the Bible says they waited for him to die. How cold, evil can you be? To see someone hurting. And rather than go and help, sit back, do nothing, but wait for them to die. You and I both know that people can be evil sometimes. People you call family to be evil. People you call mom, dad can be evil. People you call friends can be evil. People you call church people can be evil. Pastors are never evil, but listen to me. We all know people in our lives that are evil. Be honest. Give me a good amen. They're evil. If you don't know them, do. Because I'm guilty of being the villager sometimes, looking back and saying, uh-huh, ooh, I know why he's going to. But don't you realize that sometimes these people that are evil, that are watching you, they're watching your Facebook. They're looking at your Instagram. They're getting together with other friends to talk about you. How many of you know that when you're going through a crisis, somehow people become experts of your life? And people become very opinionated. And they know exactly why you're going through what you're going through. They do nothing to help, but everything to criticize. And these people are sitting back watching Paul suffer with the snake in his hand. God is not talking. God is not saying, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Paul has this audience of people watching him suffer, and yet he's suffering alone while everyone else gossips, while everyone else slanders, and while everyone else does nothing to help them. They just talk. Imagine what Paul felt. 
And some of you can understand this because ironically, these are the same people that Paul said showed him kindness, that welcomed him. And some of you have been hurt this way. Some of you know this snake that once welcomed you into their life. You were once friends. You dated them. You married them. You went to church with them. You went to work with them. They know your secrets. They were loyal. They were close. You talked. You did life together. But somehow you realize that in life, people will quickly turn on you. And the same person that treated you kindly is the same person leading the group discussion about your life and problems. And in all of this, God is silent. But here's the truth. Though silent, God is still working. But I got to give credit to these villagers because what they said was true. They said, he's a murderer, no doubt. In church, we all know the biography of Paul. He was a murderer. Before Jesus, he murdered several thousands of Christians. Of all the things they could have accused him of, of all the things they could have said, they nailed it on the head. He is a murderer. No one told him he was. No one knew who Paul was. But these men, they pointed out the truth. He was a murderer. But let me tell you something. This is somehow a demonic lie. Because though the truth was he was a murderer, the lie was God was punishing him. You know, when you're going through trials and you're going through problems, the devil likes to slither into your life and he will lie to you about the truth. The truth is you were bad. The truth is you were sinful. The truth is you were an adulterer. The truth is you were no good. But that was before Jesus. But the devil has a way of trying to lie to you that what you're going through in your life is a result of God being mad at you, God wanting nothing to do with you, and God actually punishing you. And though the accusations were true, the results were a lie. God was not doing this to give him justice for his sins because when Paul fell on his knees in Acts chapter 9 and gave his life to Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus took away our sins and our punishment. So this trial had nothing to do with punishment but everything to do with the goodness of God doing a mighty miracle in his life. Don't ever let the devil tell you God is punishing. Yes, there's consequences to sin. But God will never put you through such a trial because He's trying to punish you, to destroy you. See, consequences are given to teach you a lesson and make you better. But when you say God is punishing you, is that God is punishing you to destroy you because He wants nothing to do with you and nothing can be further from the truth. Can we give God some praise for taking our punishment away? But there the villagers were and they were saying, oh, I know why he's going through this. He's a murderer, no doubt. This is justice. 
And they were waiting for him. With great expectation. To die. Waiting. 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 The Bible says, after a long time, they said, hey, I love other translations, says they saw that Paul was still standing. They saw that he was still standing. They were amazed. They were amazed, the Bible says, he was still standing. You know, when I got that, I got the Holy Ghost goosebumps because I said, man, he's still standing. And that's what God does. The people waited with great expectation he's going to die. He's not going to come out of this. You made it. You survived the storm. You survived the shipwreck. But this is the one. This is the problem that's going to tap you out. Get rid of you. It's over. Give up. And as they waited and waited and waited, a long time came by. They looked at Paul, and there he was. Snake was still on. But they said, you're still here. Yep. You're still standing. Yep. You didn't die. No. How is that possible? Don't know. Still standing. Come on, help me say that. Still standing. Still standing. They were amazed. He survived. Still standing. You got to tell yourself sometimes. I'm a child of God, so I'm going to still stand. I don't care what I go through in life, what happens, what people say, what people do. As a child of God, you're going to stay standing. I look back at our lives, I look back at our church, and I look at us and say, how do we survive that? How do we make it through that? How do we go through this? And I look at them, we're still, then believe, I'm going to tell you the truth, there are still some churches that look at us and say, that, that church is still open. They're still in Aquina de Hialeah. Are they still there? And I can tell you, about countless other churches that have closed down. And I'm not saying, oh, we're better than I'm not saying we're better than them. But what I'm telling you is, the only reason we are still standing is not because I'm a good pastor. It's not because you're all good Christians. It's not because we're rolling in the money. Believe me, we are not. But the reason we are still standing and we're going to keep standing is because God has a plan and God is good. And I want to tell you now, that the world's going to look at you and wait for you to fail and wait for you to diminish and wait for you to tap out. But you're going to wonder, how am I still alive? How, have you ever wondered how you're still alive? Where are my people before in the 80s? Huh? You wonder how we're still alive? Yeah, kids can't drink from the hose. We, we bathe our babies now in, in sunblock and, and all of that. My mom would be like, go outside. Here, take some matches. Just don't burn the house down. And I look back. My brothers and I have a conversation. We're villagers. Like, How do we survive? I look at some of your testimonies. And I say, how are you still alive? How are you even in church? Still standing. 
Cancer. Still cancer. Laid off. Still cancer. Problems with my kids. Still cancer. Problems in my marriage. We're still standing. Problems in my finances. Still standing. World's going to hell in a handbasket. Still standing. We got this president still standing. We got that president still standing. Economy still standing. Everything's bad still standing. We got war, but I'm still standing. You realize as a child of God, you can't avoid the snakes and the storms and the people, but you will in Jesus' name still stand because God has a plan for your life. And the only reason Paul is standing because God kept them from not falling. Doesn't matter what you go through, doesn't matter what people do, doesn't matter what people say. You're going to stand. Come on, stand with me for a second. Come on, stand. Help me preach today. Stand to your feet. Give God some praise. Let's take a little minute to praise. Grab your neighbor, hold them tight, hug them, wake them up, and say, hey, look at you. You're still standing, aren't you? How are you still standing? Because of the grace of God. Go ahead. I'll give you 30 seconds. Go ahead. Praise God and shake your neighbor and tell them, I'm still standing. Tell your neighbor. Tell them. There's a lot of discouraged people here. Say, hey, you're still standing. I'm still standing. I don't know how, but I'm standing. I'm broke, but I'm standing. I'm sick, but I'm standing. I'm tired, but I'm standing. Because when you stand on the Word of God, you stand through life. Okay, sit back now. Thank you, Jesus. Paul shows us three things. Number one, the snake bite. The snake bit. Amen? Say it bit. Say it hurt. Say it hurt. So the snake bit, the snake hurt. But the snake did not kill him. And I want to tell someone here this morning, that is the hope we have in Jesus Christ. In life, you can't avoid the snake. You can't avoid the wrecks. You can't avoid the storms. You can't avoid the bites. Life hurts. Life hurts. Let me remind you, life hurts. Some of you came to church and you don't even know it. There's snakes hanging all over you. Worshiping, there's a snake in your arm. You're hurt. That's why I love you all. Because you come to church hurt. You don't come to church perfect. You don't come to church all like everything's put together. You come to church like Paul. You come wrecked, bit, and hurt. You come wrecked, bit, hurt, tired, hungry. I don't know what your situation is, but you're here still standing because even though life may go to a place where you're hurt and bit and struggling, it will not kill you. It will hurt. But it won't kill you. My mom was tough growing up. And we had three brothers. We got hurt. We bled. We had stitches. And she would say, Mom, I need help. Mom, it's bad. Mom, are you dead? No. You're going to be all right. Church, I got a question for you. How many of you today are dead? Are you all still breathing? Because God's not done with you. God's not done with you. 
The only reason you survived is because God wasn't finished with Paul. It's funny because they expected him to die. Why? Because they knew that snake kills. That snake is deadly. That snake is bad. We know that snake. That snake has bit so-and-so and so-and-so, and and they never survived. And let me tell you, what killed other people out there in the world, you survived because you are a child of God. And what kills others is not going to kill you. It might hurt you. And here's the thing. You're saying, Pastor, I'm hurt, but I'm still standing. I'm broken, but I'm still standing. They talked about me, but I'm still standing. They gossip about me, but I'm still standing. I'm tired, I'm cold, I'm hungry, I'm broke, I'm discouraged, but pastor, I'm still standing. How can you explain that? It can only be explained by the power and the grace of the Lord who has a plan and he's not done with you. I'm not saying life is easy with Jesus. I'm not saying life, you won't be tired because of Jesus. It's the opposite. You're going to be wrecked and hurt physically, emotionally. But you will stand. That's the first step. Life will hurt you like that snake, but it won't kill you. Number two, you can't control You can't control what happens to you always. Paul had no control over the storm that he was in for two weeks. Paul had no control over the chains they put on him. Paul had no control when that ship sank and wrecked. Paul had no control when that snake came out and bit him. Paul had no control when those people stood there and did nothing. Paul had no control when those people stood there, did nothing, and talked. If you can't control what people do, you can't control what people say. Some of you need to be reminded of this. You can't control life. But you can't control how you respond. Your attitude. And I think that when life is bad and your attitude is bad, the devil wins. The snake wins. So Paul does something amazing. Verse 5. He does something that's going to give you freedom. He did something that's going to give all of us peace. It's going to get you through storms. It's going to get you through trials. But Paul, say it with me, church. But Paul... Come on, get snake this, shake, let's shake the, the snake off. But Paul what? You know, while, while the villagers were like, you know, how many of you grew up in that time? You know, ooh, mamma mia, panko mantequilla. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. My Hialeah people, where you at? You know what I'm talking about. Well, they're the villagers. Eso pasó, Katiga murderer. Mira, viste, eh? Maria, mira, a snake bit him. And while they were doing this, Paul was doing this. I don't care. Some of you have to learn this attitude as a Christian, shaking it off. Shaking it off. The devil wants to bite you. Ooh, this is bad. I don't care, devil. I don't care. What are you going to do? I don't care, devil. But what if? What if what? I don't care. 
But you heard what they're saying? But they didn't come out to help you. Shake it off. Shook it off. So many people live with fear, anger, discouragement, bitterness, unforgiveness. Because we are living in the world where people do not shake easy. Things hold on to you too tight. And I want to tell you, in Jesus' name, that snake has been holding on to you too long. Snake bite of fear, anger, bitterness, what someone did, what someone said. How they, how could they? Why did I go through this? Problems that happened months ago, weeks ago, years ago, yesterday. And you as a Christian are dwelling on it and it's holding on to you, putting its venom into you and that's why you're angry and tired and bitter. You can't even worship. You can't even have a good life and a joyful life because the snake is spewing venom and it keeps on putting venom because you refuse in Jesus' name to shake it off. And as a Christian, you need tough skin. Life's going to bite you. But you better man up and woman up and pony up and shake it off. Shake it off when it's not easy. Shake it off when they talk. Shake it off when they're mean. Shake it off no matter what you go through. Shake it off. Paul's attitude, he doesn't get mad. Doesn't say why. Some of us, we get mad at God. Why, Dad? Why? Why? Snake, God, why? He doesn't do any of that. Doesn't get anxious with the snake. Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I know it. I know it. He, uh, uh, I'm going to die. We're not going to make it. Help me. Help me. And some of you, you act like that. Stress. Paul didn't sit down. I'll just leave me here. I'll wait to die. I'm just going to sit here and wait. I'm just going to wait for everything to go. Just die. I'm just going to wait to get sick and die. I'm just going to wait and sit here and get divorced. I'm just going to wait here. I know that everything is over. And God's looking at you. Boy, girl, did you not remember what I told you? Paul shook it off. Paul didn't even defend himself when they talked about him. He didn't say, yeah, I'm a murderer, but Jesus forgave me. That was my past. That's not me anymore, guys. you got to believe me. Some people are not worth your breath. They want to commentate on you. And you are so foolish to clap back and try to defend yourself. Some people are not worth it. There are some people in your life that hold on to you because you let them. You better shake it off. You better shake things off. When life is hurting, Paul doesn't get bitter. He shakes it off. And I wonder what's holding on to you. Because like I said, I believe there are snakes in this church that are still holding on to you. That are keeping you from freedom, keeping you from peace. And that snake should have been shook a long time ago. 
And Paul didn't just shake it off. The Bible says as he shook it off, the snake fell in the fire and was killed. That's real freedom. Knowing that that snake is no longer going to come and bite me anymore. I am free from that snake. And notice he threw him into the fire. Why? Because fire is a symbol of the Spirit of God and purification. Let me tell you, some, some of the snakes in your life can only be shook off by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that fire of the Spirit is going to purify your life. Because when fire purified metal, it took all the unclean contaminants and cleaned them out. That's what God wants to do. He wants to shake off the venom from your life. The venom that your problems have spewed. The venom that people have. But pastor, it hurt. Yes, it hurt. It wasn't comfortable to have that snake, but Paul shook it off. You know, you might get mad, especially if you're married. There's always one couple that shakes off easier than the other. And the one that doesn't shake easy gets mad because the other one is just, oh, okay. You don't care? Do you know we're going to die? Do you not care what's going to happen? And they're like, no, don't worry about it. God's got this. God's got this. And they get mad. You see, that's an attitude as a Christian. That if there's something in your life you can do nothing about, you better not let it hold on to you. But you shake it off. And you're wondering, well, how did Paul just stay quiet? Why did he just shake it off? Here's why, Acts 27, 22-25. Remember last week, and we'll close with this, what Paul said. Take courage. None of you will lose their lives. What did he say? None of us are what? We're going to die. None of us are going to die. Even though the ship's going down. For last night, an angel of God, to whom I have what? Belonged. And who I served, stood beside me. And he said, that's it, he said, Paul, don't be afraid. Now, now, would you replace that and just say your name? David, don't be afraid. Kevin, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. For you will surely what? Ooh. What? You are no, he didn't say you'll go to trial. He said what? You'll stand. Oh, the ship's going under. The snake's gonna bite you. But Paul, you're gonna stand. In trial, in rain. Church was was Paul in Rome when the snake bit him? He was in Malta. So Paul put two, these two things together. He said, okay, okay. I'm in Malta, and this venomous snake has bitten. Everyone says I'm going to die, but I know that God told me none of us were going to die. So Lord, I don't understand why you allowed this when you said that none of us would die. But sometimes in your life, 
It's going to look like the Word of God is delayed and it's not happening for you. But as God was speaking to him, he says, you're going to stand in Rome. And Paul said, okay, Paul, Paul, put yourself together. I'm in Malta. God says, I'm going to Rome. So I know that God is going to take me to where he wanted me. I know God's going to finish what he started. So this snake, I'm just going to shake it off. It ain't going to kill me because God said, because God said, God said, God said, that I would stand strong. What more? He said, what more? You know that, that term, what's more, is Paul saying, what more do you want? God in his what? Goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing you. And here's what you have to learn as a Christian. Take courage. For I believe God. He didn't say, I believe what people say, because everyone said you're going to die. He didn't believe his circumstances. Some of us, we got to stand with God's word. You're not going to believe the news. You're not going to believe what people say about you. You're not going to believe what doctors say. You're not going to believe what you're going through. Because when you have the word of God, that's where you stand. And he had courage and said one phrase that will change your life forever. I believe God. And it will be as he said. So snake, you go ahead and bite. People, you go ahead and talk. Ship, you go ahead and get under and get wrecked and get destroyed. But I know, Paul said, that where I am right now and who's hurting me and what I'm going through, this is not going to last. I'm going to leave this island because God said so. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know I will because I belong to God and He said, He said, I will be in Rome. And I choose to believe God. What will you choose to believe about yourself and life versus the Word of God? I believe God. That's why I shook it off. People that believe more in themselves and their circumstances, the snake tends to hold on longer and tighter. But when you are a child of God that declares, I belong to God and therefore I'm going to be okay, you can shake a lot of things off because you know God is by your side. As he said, the angel of God stood by my side. So let him talk. Go through what you're going through. Shake it off and watch God work. How did God work? Well, verse 10. Let's all stand up to read this together. As a result, we were showered. Because why? We were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would what, church? Everything we would what? Need for the trip. You see, God was amazing. 
had the snake not bit Paul, had Paul not survived, the people, notice it said he's a God. They knew God had something to do with it. That's why God allows a snake to bite you. Because there are unbelievers out there that need to see a Christian in action. And the greatest action you can demonstrate the world of the greatness of Jesus is when you're going through a trial, but you're still standing. And when they saw that he was still standing, they were amazed. So amazed that he shook it off. And they came to him and said, Paul, would you help us and pray over our leader who's sick? Because we, we want that God that you have to, to help us. Now, church, be honest. If the people that talked about you and weren't there when you, they, when you were at your worst and did not spare a hand when you needed help, come to you and say, hey, would you help me? How many of you say, of course, I would love to. At least you're honest. I know my church. Oh, now you need me. Where were you when the snake was on you? But see, you know you shook things off when Paul said he prayed for them, he healed them in Jesus. You know you have shaken things off when you can still love someone that hasn't loved you. You know you have shaken things off when you can serve others even though you have not been served. And God wants to set you free today. And the way you shake things off is by standing on the Word of God and believing in what He said. And in verse 10, put verse 10 one more time. This is for someone here today. After Paul, the whole island got healed from their sickness, they were filled with such gratitude they gave Paul everything he needed to make it. How good is God, church? That man was in a deserted island without a single paddle to stroke. But God said, listen, Paul, I'm going to use that snake to bite you so that when you survive, it's going to give me the glory. And when I get the glory... It's going to move a revival around this island. And people, in their gratitude, are going to be so gracious, they're going to supply you with everything you need to finish what I have commanded. And I want to tell someone here today, wherever you're at right now, my God will supply your needs according to His riches. God says, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what's going to happen. For God knows what you need. And if I need a snake to bite you, to bless you, I will do it. So I want to pray for you today. If there's a snake that's holding on to you, Church, come to this altar now and pray. If you're in need right now, you come to this altar and pray. We're going to shake some snakes off today. Snakes that have been holding on to you for too long. The snake of fear, the snake of worry, the snake of anger and bitterness. If you're here today, 
you're saying, I want to belong to God. You can belong to God only by putting your faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins. And the Bible says if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, he will save you of your sins. You come to this altar today if you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. But today I believe there's so many snakes holding on to you that God is saying, it's time to shake it off because I'm not done with you. Let's pray, church, today. Father, in Jesus' name, you see the snakes hanging on us. Some snakes have been holding on to us for a long time, spewing venom of fear, venom of hate, worry. But Father, I pray, like Paul, that we will stand on your word that allows us to stand through the snake bites, to stand through the storms, to stand through the wrecks, and that we will shake off the things in our lives that are keeping us from freedom. In Jesus' name, say, Father, I surrender to you the snake that's bitten so far too long. Lord, tell the Lord what that snake is. And say, Lord, I stand in your word and choose today to shake it off. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone here and everyone online that a snake has just bitten them. They're holding on to it, but in Jesus' name, they can shake it off. Father, give hope and encouragement to those right now that are going through a storm and they feel wrecked and stuck. Father, I pray that you turn a snake bite into a blessing. Supply our needs according to your riches. Finish what you have started. Bring hope and encouragement in the name of Jesus. Thank you that we are still standing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, you're grateful you're still standing today. Give God some praise. Come on, give God. Come on, you guys can do better than that. Give God some praise and say, Pastor, I'm shaking it off. It's shaking it off right now. Amen.